What is going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and I am joined by my two usual co-hosts here. We've got Kyle Henning on my left. Kyle, how are we doing today, sir? Uh, doing well. Good. Uh, let's see. Today is Thursday, Thursday. so when you'll hear this, it'll be Friday. But Friday. good Thursday, getting turned into the weekend. Going to be doing some work, but still going to be a good weekend regardless. Uh, not looking for the part. We're supposed to rain again for the next couple oh, days because I, I was oh my goodness. gonna try to do yard work and now that's kind of going out the window. But we'll see how the rain goes. So other than that, you know, still well, still really well. Like, Chief time. I would really like some rain. Training camp's close. Yeah, yeah. Training camp is very close. And also on the bottom of the screen, of course, Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how are we doing today, sir? Uh, doing pretty good. I uh, was doing better, and then Kyle started talking about his yard, and I just kind of disassociated for a minute. We're not that old, Kyle. We're not. We're not there yet. I'm but, not uh, old. I'm you not have old. Your new balances on and those jorts. I do not wear oh, new balances, on, nor do I know. Jorts don't so, fit for your, and I don't wear new balance. So, you need no, new balance, uh, Kyle. I'm just telling I'm you. I'm good, hey, man. I'll leave the uh, new balances to Kirk Cousins. Okay. We we new just spent like old. yeah. We'll talk about that, but we just spent a ton of time in the pre-show. Um, talking more about you know things we talked about last yeah. week. In case yeah. you didn't catch that episode, or for some reason you're jumping back in, and this is the first one you've heard in a while, make sure you go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, just kind of talking about the lots of news future. Yeah, lots of lots of news and stuff. Lots of Kingdom uh, says news, not much of Kingdom says else news. news, but lots, yeah, of, lots news of Kingdom says news, than, which is really yeah. the only news you'd need to know. That is important news, right? That there. important. That no, but. Uh, yeah, we had a good conversation. Yeah. Still working on the yeah. Discord, still working on all that stuff. So, uh, you know, exciting to exciting time. You know, kind of that hurry up and wait phase. But yeah, and that, that's what we're in in the off season, anyways, right? We're waiting for football. We're waiting for things to launch. It's yep. gonna be a it's we gonna be a good waiting. year. We are in a waiting stage right now, and there is some news uh, on the Chiefs front. Here, well, finally. Chiefs adjacent. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's some there's some pretty relatively Chiefs Chiefs stuff in the news. Yeah. I mean. Just last night, actually, if we're just diving right into it, the uh, the ESPs, the ESPN's ESPs were yes. held, and uh, this is Chiefs very Chiefs related. Yeah, the Chiefs clean sweep the Emmys with three for uh, three. Patrick Mahomes winning Best NFL Player of the Year, also Best Male Sports Athlete of the Year, and then uh-huh. the Chiefs as a whole winning the Best Team of the Year, um, going three for three on the night. Absolutely great. Um, yeah, it was a great it was a great night. We saw. Uh, a couple Chiefs, notable Chiefs on the stage, giving uh, giving some shout outs. You saw speech. the notable Chiefs on the there stage. There was one very notable one. Yeah, All I mean, of them were on the yeah. I'm, uh, Pat, 15, Trav, 87, 95. All Derek on Dieter stage. made and the Pacheco, of course. You know. He was the, uh, hit Derek entourage. Pat's, Pat has, Pat's allowed his entourage <laughs> when he goes places. <laughs> how, yeah. Um, let me let me that ask. That is not saying anything about... about why Garrick was on the roster for while he was on the roster. Garrick is a very competent <laughs> football player. He's fine. That's not the same yes. thing. But let when you're talking this. about going to the ESPYS, Pat gets an entourage. So we're gonna we're gonna pivot. This isn't even on our agenda today, but we're gonna ask it. So I, I was reading through some comments. I think uh, I think it was on Reddit. And oh Lord! Oh dear God! I know! I know! I know! How dare he mention <laughs> something else in the in the world? But. Um, Somebody said there was a there was a discussion on this past season for Patrick Mahomes, and the person and this is not a Chiefs fan who made this point. He said we just saw one of the best seasons a quarterback has ever saw has ever had. Like uh-huh. when you put it in context yeah. of the whole like start to finish you know postseason run and everything, and we just like we. We it's, did this. Like, we're happy that we won the Super Bowl, but like, so like, I'm thinking about it, right? Like, because you think about like like the the great quarterback seasons, right? And you think about like some of the years that John Elway had, who didn't win a Super Bowl, right? Um, you think about you know 07 Brady, almost you know perfect season, but didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Pat won I MVP. Mean, you know, like he put he, up statistical it, numbers. That number I mean, one, yeah, C- all the so. All the it, all the stats were accomplished. Let me let year. me ask this real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Do you guys agree with the the statement that this past season from Patrick Mahomes was the best season any quarterback has ever had mm, in NFL history? That's so hard because you're talking eras and things. I that it's is, definitely up there. Yeah, uh, Mark Gunnels on Twitter actually put together like a whole list of all the things that I accomplished this season just to really 
really make it clear here. Most total yards ever in a season, like ever, 5,570 yards. Uh, passing yards leader, passing touchdowns leader, NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP, first team All-Pro, Pro Bowl, and then SB's best NFL player and SB's best male athlete. So, I mean, I, that's, a lot, maybe, that's a lot of accomplishments right Maybe there. somebody who's listening or, or whatever, you know, tweet us, tweet it at us. I can't think of any individual player walking away, not just with the individual accomplishments, but also, I mean, you tack on Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. Maybe maybe Joe Montana had a season like that somewhere, but to lead the league in, in like, yards and touchdowns and everything else, like, whoo, lad. Yeah, that, I mean, it's definitely got to be in the conversation. I mean, he set multiple records. And at the same time, it kind of just felt like another year for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's the crazy so. part. Is it really felt like a very normal, average league. I mean, we really like, and we don't even really kind of a, like a, realize how crazy it was. But like, there was multiple games that he dropped forty points. Like week one dropped forty some points versus the 49ers, he dropped forty points, and it just felt so casual. The number one defense, 49ers? Yeah, exactly. Like, and you don't even realize like by the end of the year, he is he has the most total yards ever in a season by any player, like fifty five hundred and seventy yards. That's that's crazy to think about. And it was just such an average seeming year. You know, there was ups and downs and then they got hot real late and made the big playoff run. I mean, it's, it is really, you know, you, you always, we all talk about taking things for granted and taking this chiefs team and Patrick Mahomes for granted. But like, mm-hmm. if you really look back at it, I mean, it might even be too recent to look back and, and really have an unbiased opinion about it. But if you, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the stats, like, it's got to be up there as one of the top seasons of all time. I would be curious if there's anybody, again, maybe there's somebody in the comments who, like, point me to a more accomplished season. Yeah, I mean. By one the, player. That's the thing. We might be missing some 80s. Like you said, Joe Montana. You might have had a John Elway in there or something. And I, I mean. Even, even, I would say even individual player. I mean, you if yeah. you want to bring, like, Walter Payton in and talk about, you know. Like uh, it's the, uh, like, yeah. What he did front to back is there. I the only the only thing and it's going to sound stupid is i don't think he would tell you that that was his best year which i know sounds like looney bins <laughs> uh, i overall i think it was his best year he's ever played i don't think it was his best statistical season obviously cuz he didn't do his 50 whatever touchdowns and 50,000 yards yeah. or whatever it was at this point, though, I think the thing that's so interesting about the point you're making and this season being in that conversation, and yet most of everyone just kind of did, yeah, I mean, that's what he did with it, yeah. is a little insane. I think that's the part that's most interesting is ever we just kind of, and I guess it's been talked about a lot by some people. Seth Kaiser does a really good job of talking about let's not <laughs> let's not get numb to what we're watching with his greatness and what we're seeing because it's easy to this when the standard in the bar is the, as high as he said it it just just become it feels normal and because yeah. uh we, we we talked about the kingdom casts throw um bracket yeah. from last year yeah you go last back week. and wa- you go from last season these throws are okay, from yeah. last season not all time. <laughs> Not all time. Go back and look at that group, and you're like, uh, first of all, I don't remember four of the, like six of these even happening. Second of all, these are ridiculous. But in the moment, you're just like, yeah, no, that's what he does. And as a matter of fact, he tells you in in, in the Netflix documentary quarterback, which we're going to talk about. I just do those things. I'm like that. I do this. Yeah. Like he. <laughs> well, that's the thing too, especially you woke when up you were the wrong. Where you're talking about Kyle, like. Yeah, Pat would even say this is probably his best season. Like, I think really we kind of underappreciate it. It's because, like, we see how much more that could have been, you know, like how potentially great this season could have been. I wanted to say something along the lines of his interceptions and, like, he's like the the documentary. It's such a good documentary. You get to see so much behind where he's like, what? Just stupid. Like, that was just, if I could just stop throwing the stupid interceptions, this would be a lot more fun. So it's like he yeah. he, just, he could have had a way crazier season than he did. That's the whole thing. Like he still lost to the Colts in a random game, you know. Yeah, a random, three, like, just the random 
Colts yeah, just like a random like, throws a, a game losing interception versus the Bills. Hey, but every like, time we lose to the Colts randomly, we win the Super Bowl. So we should put them on a schedule every year. I also would like the other part is Patrick is the guy who exercises the demon dumb stuff that we have, and I would like him to mm-hmm. exercise that demon next. That's the next demon I would like to have go away. This is the Colts <laughs> being He's any just, kind listen, of We're just waiting space. for the Colts be relevant and then we'll meet him in the playoffs and oh then my God. We will, I, mean, we will take, I don't know i don't know tom i don't know if I, demons. I don't know if we can wait that long because no offense <laughs> to indy but i don't know the next time they're gonna say the word yeah, playoffs I don't know how soon that's gonna be i'd say i, I Could, think we're being do a me a favor uh, name their starting quarterback anthony richardson uh come on anthony richardson, we're all picking yeah. the yeah Listen, well, they just got to make it next, to the wild card the round Patrick and Mahomes beat up like Jacksonville or something. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes' skill set. Uh, great. That's fantastic. What else do they have besides John Jonathan Taylor? Taylor, Taylor DeForest who the Chiefs could have had if they didn't draft uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, but we're not. Already. Darius Leonard. Michael. So they don't Leonard. have any other weapons besides a running back. Michael Pittman. They have that one guy who got Pittman's suspended fine. forever for right two, two guys. Two two of their young secondary. They still have secondary. Who will never, who will never play another down there. in the NFL because they decided to gamble oh, on their games. Oh, my God. Guys. Common sense, fellas. Jack Doyle. I will say that I think we're being a little Jack pretentious Doyle. about this whole situation. Mo I, will take, I will take I, a random Colts loss in week three to win the Super Bowl any day. That's fine. I will. I just yeah. would like it to go away. Especially because yeah. it's it's also happened, as Tom mentioned, uh, in the playoffs before. Yeah. So I would like it to just not be well, a thing like anymore. A one, one or two times, yeah. Listen, but... I, will, I will admit that the uh, he, he exercised body bag I just want him to put them all the, away. To the Colts, Andrew Luck, you know, that, that comeback, one of the most... Frustrating viewing experiences cry, ever. But I was, I was, was so angry. I was there. I was like, and I was watching it with Colts fans, and I had to like keep it together. <laughs> and then I got to my car, and I was like, mm, I'm gonna murder oh, a hobo. Tonight. I like, was in, I was in an, I was in a very, very small bar with some friends, and a bunch of Colts fans have it. I most one of the most frustrating viewing experiences I've ever had ever. Ever. Yeah, to put a bow thankfully, on yeah, the, uh... thankfully the fans I were with were were gracious and were my friends, but oh, that's that's something because that was mm. that, yeah, no. that was a tough night. To put a bow on the whole uh, Mahomes greatest season ever conversation, it's, I think it's, it's too soon to say only because I think he's also going to get better. I think that's exactly. I think we're going to see something even better. So it's like let's not let's let's not crown this yet before we see what else is next. You know, like maybe we wouldn't hindsight, but it, I think I think there's still a lot of room to go up from there. So, yeah. uh, other well, big takeaway from the ESPYs from, uh, from last night was, uh, like we mentioned earlier, one man was on the stage giving a, uh, a part of the speech. That man would be Chris Jones, um, which is a great, great to see him, uh, actually, you know, with the chiefs, I believe he wasn't at the ring ceremony. Y'all, he was sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't yeah, talk but... about this stuff because we weren't right. here. Look, he he went to the White House visit, so that was something, right? He went to the White House. Yeah. He did not show come to go to the ring ceremony. He was, he was sick. You know he's gonna be real sick because because he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you got he didn't show up to a party, guys. Right. It's cri- he doesn't have a lot of they don't have a lot of leverage anymore. He's not gonna show up to minicamp. He's not gonna show up mm-hmm. to OTAs because that's the some of the only re- leverage right, that they out do for, have. Uh, new contract, right? It's all yeah. they got. Because in training camp now with the new CBA, they can be fined for every day that they miss of the yeah. holdout. Yeah. So, so it, it becomes leverage. up to a point mm-hmm. where it's not beneficial for him to sit out because he's losing and costing himself money every day. It's just stupid. So but I think the news, yeah. He's there. He, so then he shows up to the ESPYs because he's not sick anymore. He was at the Chiefs facility like two weeks ago on Instagram or Facebook or something. Like the, he, I think stadium, he's yeah. been stadium around the building. He's been around the team. He, it's got we we we. I know it's the off season, and I know we get bored. We've got to stop this nonsense. I know. Now, I heard we were gonna trade him for. Oh my god! Because for, all right, I know you guys have to talk for four hours a day. But my god! Is. I know there's. I know there's yeah, four hours yeah. of radio to fill a day. Terrace, Mother Lord, stop! Whatever is a dog. Um, whatever a Terrace Marshall is, yeah. we're gonna trade him for that. But, 
transitioning from that, there is some big NFL news that dropped today that very much relates to Chris Jones and his entire contract situation as the Jets signed defensive lineman Quinnen Williams to a four-year, $96 million deal, making him now the the second highest uh, paid defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald. And that was basically the last hurdle to to Mm kind of cross, you know, the last domino to fall uh, for Chris Jones, basically, because – and out of all, def- there was like five defensive tackles this year, I think. Jeffrey that Simmons. Got new, got new contracts. The main and two. Chris Jones was the most deserving of them all, basically. Yeah, the main so. two besides Chris were, were Jeffrey Simmons and, Qu- and Quinnen. And yeah. now they're both done. And we knew Quinnen yep. was the last piece because he everybody else got their deal done. Uh, and now it's going to be real simple. You go, okay, you see that? Yep, you give Chris more. Yep. <laughs> so sorry, yeah, Quinnen, you're the second highest paid defensive tackle for a little tomorrow, bit. I would say. Yeah. Like I just because of how this works, we recorded this episode tonight. So tomorrow around lunchtime, yep. we're gonna put this out in the morning. And tomorrow around lunchtime, they're gonna tell everybody that Chris is signed, and we're gonna be talking to you somewhere again tomorrow yeah. about yeah. this. It always happens yes. like that. But... Listen, I've I've been watching, you know, Katie, uh, is it Katie Hamlin, Katie, Katie Cam, Cam. Or... Katie Cam- Hamlin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, listen to me trying to give somebody a shout out and not knowing their actual name. Totally. Um, been watching the watching the Twitter feed, the thread yep. feed. You know, monitor, trying to see where that news is going to break. But, we got to monitor um, the stores. Yeah. Got, I've been on the on it around the clock. I've been to every liquor store in the Kansas <laughs> City every area. Every store every five minutes, yeah. I got I got insiders now at yeah, each, uh, each location. We need to get someone posted up at each location around town, yeah. So, yeah, that so. should be uh, some very, very good news on the, uh, the horizon. I'll expect – Chris Jones to be signed at least by, you know, within a week, if not tomorrow when we drop this thing, um, which is great for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you have a, a cornerstone piece locked up for the next probably four years, and you also free some cap space for a uh, for whatever. Yeah. Anybody whatever know what Chris's cap, cap, hit this, cap hit this year is? 19, 18 million? It's, 20. it's pretty I think steep. It's 20 something, honestly. 20, I think it's yeah. in the 20s. Yeah, yeah, it's like twenty-three million dollars or something. Frees He's, up a lot of cap space. No, yeah. it frees up cap space, and it makes you not have to deal with franchise tag conversations and stupid stuff next year. And it gives the player security, and he now, has earned it. I think, and this is here's my spicy take, and I know some of our our dear friends really, really have been wanting DeAndre Hopkins in red and gold. And the expectation is Chris Jones is going to sign that that contract, and maybe some other deals are going to get done. There's been some whispers that Legarius Sneed may have a deal that's waiting to be done. Um, yeah. You know, Thank there's you. some other players on this team that need contracts. I I will say this from the Brett Feach standpoint, right? You <laughs> decide, right? This is one of those things where he's been able to replace some pretty talented players through the draft and. And you've got some some guys now who are coming off those rookie deals. Do you throw some money at DeAndre Hopkins, or do you try to pay a guy like Nick Bolton a little bit early, and you secure your an essential piece of your defense, right? Um, and you secure him before he has a you know another. He's coming off a pretty good year, um, you know, mind you. Had he had that one fumble counted and he returned that, could have been Super Bowl MVP. Um, I would have won a lot of money. I'll yeah. tell you what. I would have um, won a lot of money. Yeah, unfortunately. No, I'm just it saying, was, like, it was a fumble. Do you, what's, what's more valuable to you, DeAndre Hopkins for one year or Nick Bolton for four, right? And I'm not saying you choose one or the other, uh, but. You can get out ahead of some of those deals, or Creed Humphrey, uh, or, or you know, again, yeah, it is it is a it is a valid concern. Did, I think D-Hop is still kind of a a pipe dream for a lot of fans, and I think they're kind of trying to connect the dots a little soon. But what? it's a valid valid so, team building strategy. I feel like I, I'm more to the point with the D Hop thing than I was like earlier when he was taking visits and there was stuff going on. I was like, okay, this is probably they're using his, our name for drive up value, this, that, and the other thing. Okay, great. Then he goes to those visits. He leaves those visits. He doesn't have a deal and nothing is said about anybody other than those two teams for like a month. You don't hear our name at all until Fowler comes up with his report. That was the chiefs have stayed talking to him. Oh, that's the first time we've heard our name about him in a month plus. 
So either there's two things. Either the agent's trying to drive value again with bringing us back up. Or, yeah. traditionally, when a guy goes on a visit and he goes to a place, he signs a deal like that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go take a visit at this point to places you've decided that you're ready to sign something, you think, and you're going to go see those places. He goes, takes two visits, New England and Tennessee, and leaves both places with no paperwork. Very now we're a month later, Very basically. Peculiar. And they've stayed in contact. And of course he stayed in contact. It's called due diligence. That's Brett Beach mm-hmm. doing his job. Regardless. That's a no, that's an, I'm not saying there was anything crazy about Fowler's report. I'm saying that's what he's supposed to do. The thing for me is, when you extend Chris, we're talking about legitimately freeing up most likely this year between 14 and 15 million dollars probably on the way they structure deals most of the time now mm-hmm. why are you freeing up 15 million dollars in july to not use it yeah. and here's the other part yeah. i think they're going to use some in-house because you have to pay in-house guys tom is right there i think the guy's already been decided because it's the guy that's next due up in-house and it's legerious sneed and I know there's some folks that think Sneed's on the trade block, and I understand the concept. He's not going anywhere. Um, Spags loves that guy too much. He's the piece that they use. I told, I, I said we talked about this last year when he was Tyron's kind of replacement. On Reed played more traditional positional safety. Um, they used Brian Cook in a traditional safety. They used all of their sa- Juan in a traditional safety role. They moved Legarius around and let him do the Tyron Rover role mm-hmm. thing. He's not leaving. They're not paying Justin Reed Tyron money for a reason. He's not Tyron. They didn't bring him in to be Tyron. They drafted Tyron replacement. He's not Tyron, but they drafted his replacement, and that's what Legarius is going to be. That's why he was a safety hybrid corner from college. He played both, mostly played safety for a while. and like They, they know what they wanted in the kid, and now he's developed mm-hmm. into it, and he's the best slot blitzing player in the league at this point. I'm pretty comfortable in saying yeah. that. I think Brian Baldinger said it, not so I'm I feel pretty comfortable in saying that. Um pretty good. It like good ball player. So I think they're to the point where they know they've got to pay some of their in house talent because that's you, you, you pay certain guys. You pay guys when they're going into their prime. You let them go a year early, but you pay them going when they're still in their prime or when they're going into their prime and then when they're key portions of your program. And Chris Jones is clearly without question. And Legarius Sneed is. He's the back end of that defense. I know Nick Bolton gets a lot of credit for the middle linebacker stuff, and he does a great job with what they ask him to do, but he's asked to do a very specific thing. Legarius is that moving utility piece that they like to use. They have to have one in Spags' defense. They have to have one. Yeah, I would say the other thing about the D-hop you know, and, speculation is that I don't think the Chiefs are going to pay him something like they, the Ravens did with Odell, you know? Like, mm-hmm. just, that's just not the Chiefs' move. No. Like, they will give, and, you know, that's just up to d Unless it's a couple actually... years, and it won't be quite still what Odell's making. Right, yeah, but that's really, it would come down to D-Hop actually deciding, which is feel like is rare nowadays, to actually decide to take less to be with a contender. I mean, we all we all say it makes sense on paper. No, it, and then we it, never see these athletes actually do that. Well, yeah, they don't, just... because they're smart. Their careers yeah. are this big. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, they are. It, you should you get have as a much finite money as window. Yes, all, you have all a time. finite so, window yeah. to make, at, at that profession, at the thing though, you're is... best at in the world, you have like 12 years for most yeah. people. If you have a great career, it's 12 years. Great career. I will say DeAndre Hopkins, though, is one of the few guys in the league that has a lot of, you know, extra stuff out off the field that he can sure. really... And I think part of, but I also think that Kansas City also understands that if they do do the Chris Jones deal and they do a couple of one or two of these in-house deals, they have room to go get a piece, a weapon, and they can pick what side of the ball. Well, how many weapons, game-changing pieces are left on the market right now? One big one, one very well big one. We that well emphasis on the term right now, right? They and hold on, we see this almost. I mean, not every year, but frequently, right? It wasn't too long ago that Tyron Matthew, before he came to Kansas City, was a free agent late in the uh, or early in the preseason time period, right? Yep. And so there, there's that too. And later into the season with Terrell Suggs and with yeah, you may want, you know, you look like maybe a guy like Zadarius Smith, you know, 
gets cut or uh, he actually might be a free agent but like maybe there's a guy out there who you know is kind of one of those surprise like cap casualties that's that's not a surprise for somebody's nfl team i mean we're talking yeah. about we're living in a world where dalvin cook you know i think he's uh, still available yeah still so available. wandering around right uh, and so there's there's some pieces out there and and i think has and this Zeke is found where, a home yet no this is where um it's important to remember that like Brett Veach isn't the youngest GM in the uh, in the league anymore. At one point, he was. I think his first year, he was the youngest by a couple of years. But yeah. you know, he's he's got a little bit of savvy to him. He he's learned some lessons the hard way, and I expect yeah. him. Yeah. You know, he's also I expect wearing that they two have pieces a value. of hardware around his fingers. So. Yeah, yeah, and I expect when you when you have that when you have that pull, like it's hey, you know you want to come play for us and there's there's an evaluation there and i think he's going to stick to that right if they oh, yeah. say hey they have a number have, we'll give you a one year you know eight million with up to you know 16 whatever and incentives and d hop's like no i want you know uh you know i want the odell deal okay catch passes from the least one year eight million right yeah, I was just throwing numbers okay, out. Right. So, but just threw that out. Just random. Okay. One year, eight million. Do they have the ability to sign him to a one year, eight million dollar contract as it currently sits? No. Oh. So, what would they need to have happen to then be able to sign him to that one year, eight million dollar contract if he said yes right. when they presented Chris him with Jones that option? Chris Jones extension. Huh. Okay. So, or again, they release Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, there's that option too, which I'm actually, no, they would break their salary cap if they did that. So yeah, that's how that works. Money, yeah. uh, no, it would break. It would break the no, no comment. Yeah, and also, be, yeah. anyway, um, yeah. so yeah, there's there's pieces to it. I see both sides. It's kind of a wait and see game, but I also think that one. I think the moves that you're going to see happen first will be internal before there's any external. Is more, I think, the point for me on that. Yeah, I still I think, think DeAndre good. Hopkins is very much an option if DeAndre Hopkins has decided to play for a number to go after a ring. That's that's that is, basically what it boils down yeah. to. He can go mm-hmm. to New England or Tennessee and pay, and they'll pay him whatever it is that they're going to pay him. Yeah. He that's obviously isn't hasn't decided that those are supremely important options to him yet because he hasn't signed paperwork in either place. Yeah, probably just waiting for the, that final offer to come through. You want to see where really all the weigh, dominoes fall. If you can really weigh the effect of a one-year $8 million or a, a one-year $13 And again, million, as far completely as his, making up numbers here. Yeah, so. exactly. But it's just like how much you know, What's money it at worth this point to you? Yeah, to and to be well, on a winning team. You know? Not even that. And who who would you like to catch passes from? Yeah. No yes. offense to Mac Jones or... Ryan Tannehill, Malik, Will, Malik Willis, yeah, which yeah, have I, whoever. No, no, they they drafted Will Levis, so there's that too. Yeah, so like I said, Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what are we? Well, doing? Malik Willis probably won't even make the roster in Tennessee. I, it's insane to me, also, but hey, whatever. Which, I, which, you know, I say that flippantly. Malik Willis is a, by all accounts, is a good kid, and, and I don't. This isn't have a Malik Willis. Body. Will Levis yeah, is, is the kid that was eating <laughs> bananas with the peel on and like mayonnaise out of also, the jar, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That seems there's like a reason a why he fell to the second round. Insane human that I want to hang out. Clearly a psychopath. That man has bodies buried in his Okay, okay, okay. So to put a cap on this whole Chris Jones situation. We expect Chris Jones to get signed within very soon, and then we'll go from It'll there. be done before camp, some, which is... some ex- internal candidates, maybe a couple cool external candidates, who knows. But mm-hmm. like we all know, Brett Beach, he's not going to reach for a guy. He's not going to no. overspend on a big nope. on a big guy. Because, honestly, we have one of the better developments, you know, developmental <laughs> teams in the in the league. Uh, obviously, They won a Super Bowl with... Ten rookies, yeah, and and like the second or third most minutes played by started by or played by rookies on the whole season, fairly certain, because it's like yep. it was like them, the Texans and the Lions or something like it was two horrible it was teams like that, yeah, and yeah. them. <laughs> yep. So we have the great equalizer, which is Patrick Mahomes. We do. Speaking of Patrick I mean, Mahomes, yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. The Netflix has a new documentary, as you kind of referenced a couple times here, called Quarterback, that uh, follows Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota uh, throughout this last season, giving a real in-depth, behind-the-scenes look of, uh, of what it is to be a quarterback, what the, the highs, the lows, the grind, uh, the workouts, the treatment, the, you know, the, the heart-crushing stuff. It's, 
it's an insanely good it is documentary. A really, if you haven't seen it yet, we're not going to spoil too much because we no. really, you know, we don't want to get too in depth with it. But it is a really good eight-part series. There's eight episodes to it. This is the first season. I'm guessing hmm. they're going to do another one next season. But it's eight. It's stuff... eight parts, and it gets predominantly more Mahomes. Yeah, as we it's go, it's pretty much a Mahomes. Yeah, it's well, pretty much a Mahomes. Yeah. The other two quarter... Oh, the last two. The last two episodes are, I think, are most are are essentially exclusively Patrick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kirk Cousins has some good inside access there throughout throughout it. You yeah, he's there Kirk. for a little bit. He's, there, he's there through all of it. Yeah. Um, Marcus Mariota kind of disappeared for a little while, kind of kind of. It's not Marcus's fault. I also it's like tough when you have a season like that. Well, you know? he they. I mean, decided... just look at Marcus Mariota's season, and you can yeah. kind of guess how how his documentary part would go. I yeah. thought the interesting part for him was him going to do something and take care of something that he, for himself and the betterment of his career and whatnot and the team not expecting him to do that and somehow feeling like they got jaded where if the roles were reversed, they'd cut him the next morning in five <laughs> seconds if they needed to. Like yeah. that the part is right. Yes. Oh, the business side is, but the part to me that, is mind-boggling to me is when the teams act as if the players somehow like they they're the ones that aren't thinking of it as a business the teams act like it's like are you guys nuts like you guys you guys know how you built the system that you operate and yet they're supposed to be just crazy loyal like you would come on now yeah it's a real good it's a good documentary to to really just the life of an nfl quarterback and as you like, I said we we're Patrick Mahomes is. I it really felt like Netflix was like, let's make a Patrick Mahomes documentary, and I guess we'll feature some other quarterbacks. Look, man, guest starring I'll, Kurt I'll Cousins. Do, and I won't even do that though, because Kurt. Look, Mark Marcus was in the documentary. Okay. Yeah. Kurt was a part of it with Patrick. To be honest, a, yeah. It, like I got there was an days. actual content to the Kurt thing, like. Mariota's story was so hard because of what that season was. Like Garrett yeah. said, like it just sucked. There was good insight into it, and like watching him go, it, yeah. There were pieces of it you were just like, "That's got to be tough to have a film crew following you around during that process." Also, yeah, no like Jesus. So mm-hmm. there's that, and then there, like I left that documentary going, "I like Kurt, and I really didn't yeah. want to when I started." I will also say though, he is exactly like the stereotypical midwestern dad so oh, it's yeah. perfect that he <laughs> I mean, plays football in minnesota. Talks about his lawn. minnesota yeah i mean he is oh dude dude for that team dude i i cannot wait tom, for, for those of you uh don't know tom hasn't seen it yet garrett and i have watched the True. whole thing tom has not seen it yet when you watch this tom you're gonna be like oh i know like yeah. eight of those dudes in my yeah. neighborhood like just, you yes. know my, that guy it's just my neighbor Ted. yeah no and I, I and the only reason i haven't watched it is because you know netflix netflix is, is ridiculous you say, yeah that you I've, not only have to restrict I've access but it. you're also going to charge more. more so speaking of access and charging i just want to remind you guys that we do have a discord that will be launching soon it's free it's gonna be free to join yep. we will have an opportunity for you to support us financially but there will uh, be premium be, content for different levels. Yeah, of we're not going to be like uh, Netflix and and be dirty. Yeah, no. Like and There's also, my, when we want, usually once we and once we give you a price for something, that that'll be stay it. That price we ain't going. It's not really going to. It's not going to be some spastic change. If you guys do support us financially, you know, like rate, review the podcast, subscribe to the Discord once we launch it, all that stuff. Pick up maybe I will be able to afford Netflix. And watch yeah. this documentary. Yeah. So please, um, please do those things and help me uh, get Tom Netflix. Hashtag yes. yes. Tom, Tom, Tom needs get Netflix. Get it going yeah. on threads. So, yeah. oh, threads. Good, good point. That's nice. Yeah, follow us on threads. If you're not on threads, we're on threads there too. Uh, we're going to be trying to get some more content to go out over there. We're trying to figure out what that platform is exactly like, you know, everyone oh, yeah. else on earth. Yeah. Still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Are we going to do the OnlyFans? Is that, uh, I make that's. That? That, that we, for me? I mean, listen, I've different... got some other ideas for we my can, channel. We can have those conversations it. elsewhere. We'll, we'll um, put a pin in it. We'll I said there was going to be premium Discord yeah. content, which, I mean, I guess if you want to go that route, if you get some private personal fans you want to, but we can talk about that later. Anyway, um, I, think, I think the thing for me with the documentary is what it did for Mahomes and for, for the Mahomes family. Yeah. Um, 
first of all, system. Patrick Patrick is the athlete that I think a lot of people will identify with of like, oh, he's just one of us except really insanely good at everything he touches. Like that there are certain things where you're like, oh yeah, he's not human. And then the rest of the documentary you spend your time going, yeah, he and I we could sit down in a room and it would be like we were oh, yeah. we would have so much in common and it'd be really easy to do because genuinely throughout the whole documentary i was sitting there going i have had that conversation oh, i've <laughs> had that conversation i've had that conversation with my wife and i'm sitting there watching and that was the person i think that's going to benefit most from this documentary is Brittany, because yeah. you got to see what she does what she is and how he views her and how he thinks about it which is by the way for all of you idiots out there that's the part that matters <laughs> that's yeah the you part, lunatics yeah. how she supports um, she supports him a lot yeah. Jesus. It, literally in the documentary and i don't know they did a gq couples quiz that i found on youtube earlier too there's like this back and forth where they quiz each other about each other she organizes his day she keeps him on track like she, <laughs> she he's he's just like the rest most of us like we're not very organized. We just take care of what's in front of us. We go do what we need to do. We're here and here and we get everything done yeah. and all that. If she drives the boat so that the wheels stay on the track and oh by the way, the two kids still get fed and stuff <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. So and the other part that I think is the most interesting for all the people that talk all the nonsense that they talk is the how they met portion and how their relationship started portion mm -hmm. yeah just and i'm not gonna say and spoil it but and it's you guys great. can find yeah. the clip it's um, real it's, it's real good it explains a lot about why a lot of folks have issues with them and why they're perfectly okay with not caring about that at all so yeah. my recommendation to our fan base and whatnot is instead of trying to burn everyone to the ground when they come out and say that stupid nonsense at this point follow the lead of your quarterback and ignore them, mute them, block them, just just completely disregard them all entirely mm -hmm. because it's not worth the time. Exactly. He hears it all. He sees it all. They make that very clear in the documentary. <laughs> Keep talking yeah. about me. Yeah. Keep so, saying yeah. my name. Definitely go check that out if you haven't already. It's a uh, it's a real it's a real oh, good in depth look at. at Bobby has a real good strong. Bobby does yeah, some Bobby good things for himself yeah, you in will there learn too. Learn a lot about Bobby Stroop if you don't know about him, and he is he's he is kind great. of important. Yeah, he is significant. So, with that being said, uh, we've got a little bit left. We've got yeah, we got a yeah. little bit left to talk about here. We got training camp obviously starting. Should we, should we do the other thing first before training camp? And we'll okay, wrap yeah, yeah. Camp. We'll do the we'll do the other the other thing that was the other news, nonsensical we'll, stupid. and we really don't want to spend too much time on this topic. this we will be this, brief this is some stupid stuff yeah unless we end up on a rant which i mean how often do we do that oh, oh never hi, uh, who? us never Kadarius tony was uh you know in a very good mood uh <laughs> you could say um you know he's been he was, in a good mood since they won the he's super been bowl in a very good mood yeah he has been and he has been delivering some receipts to folks and folks have been delivering stuff back and then there you get delivered stuff yeah. back. he's been or delivering he's... receipts and then i've heard a lot of people crying about them their receipt yeah. their responses or responses yeah. to someone else entirely that have nothing to do with them and that person being fine with the response that they got like, yeah yeah so so for all these I'll, I'll just lay it out basically the Kadarius tony has been talking trash to the giants fans and the, and the state of new york he's basically. had enough he has had well enough of, and, of and that's york. not entirely fair because it's a lot of these people they're, these yeah, individuals who would like to attacking or, him you know, basically there has yeah, been a right like, what are, we are say messaging a, him are you know yeah. it's like if this is behavior that if it wasn't to a professional athlete you'd probably the word you're looking for is yeah. entrapment and harassment yeah, I mean, again, like, and I'll just say it this way, like, it's weird how we just feel we can treat professional athletes. That, like, like I'll just yeah. say this. If somebody were in my DMs every day personally insulting me, at some point, I just, like, dude, I, like, knock it off or, like, I'll block you. Or, like, yeah. But then you, like, then they make burner accounts. It's like, listen, like, yes, you can make the argument, like, oh, it's easy, just block out the noise, all that stuff. I mean, sure, just get rid of your social media. But, like, at the same time, they're human. Why, they deserve why do they humans. have to do that to be able to yeah. live a life? Leave? How like about, yeah, and that's the same. It's like, why, why, like, and I'm not, victim is a strong word here. because They do it to college kids. They do yeah, it to high school students. Yeah. 
They're just looking for a reaction. If you're that person, if you're that person in in somebody's DMs, like harassing a professional, a public figure of any type, I just here's what I want. Go outside. Go outside. Take take a really long walk. Find a nice, beautiful, like beautiful body of water. Just stroll stroll around the lake. Find a river. And wet. really think about the kind of person that you want to be. And if you I don't even care if walk, you think, just walk and see what happens. If, if you decide that you still want to be the person harassing people in their like private messages, do us all a favor and just throw yourself into that lake or that <laughs> pond or whatever. Yeah, just, just do it. Just, just toss yourself in. And uh, maybe the cold water will, will help you. And if or, you are going to go in those people's DMs and you are going to do that, when they finally say something back to you, don't come crying to the rest of us about how they hurt your feelings. Because yeah. I guarantee you, if we go through and he pulls receipts from all the things that were sent and said to him, some of y'all would lose jobs. Mm-hmm. Some of yeah. y'all would be yeah. banned from the internet because we cancel everybody now. Remember, kids? See that? Remember how this works? Well, so that's the goal. That's the goal is they I, try to get everybody canceled. It's the stupidest whatnot. thing we everybody wants to cancel everybody on social media, but everybody forgets that their words have consequences. And especially if you're saying them to people in private, in private, usually when you're communicating in private, that means you have a personal interaction with them. And in those interactions, all of us can't judge the scenario because that's a personal interaction. So therefore our input doesn't matter and we should no longer care. So if you're going to go into somebody's DMS and do that stuff, whatever happens to you after you go in there and start it is not my problem. Also, generally speaking, these are things that you m- would not say to a man who has more muscle mass in his left arm than you do in your yeah, entire body. That and I don't say that as an insult to anybody like you're in particular. That I, that's, that's what I mean about me. the consequences for words about things. People forget mm-hmm. that some we used to have to say this stuff to people's faces if yeah, they wanted if we wanted them to hear us. You couldn't say this people from five thousand miles away. False sense now, of uh, yeah, being able to get away with stuff like that. As far as the team, and then the media up there does. It. So I really understand why the guy is tired of yeah, it because New the New York media tough, market sucks. Tough, tough market right there. No, it'll be I'll be flat blunt. That market suck. sucks yeah. to play in. Ask the Yankees That's... players, ask mm-hmm. the Rangers players, ask any of the teams that play up there in New York. Even and, uh, Texas and bu- Buffalo. No, <laughs> There's Buffalo's up there, but that's oh, not yeah, like the main sport. New York market. The main New York media market that gets all the coverage and all the attention is the Knicks and the Rangers and the Yankees and Mets and the Giants. That's the teams. And they treat those dudes. It's insane. The media market up there is absolutely brutal and awful mm-hmm. to players, at staff, administrators. Like, it's bad. It's a bad market for that. Yeah, I will also simply say this just from the team perspective. Um, Andy Reid's not going to cut him. There's not going to be – I don't think – there's there's going to be two things. Pat's going to pull him aside and he's going to go, hey, one, that was funny, but don't do it again. Two, (laughs) Coach Reid is going to say, say, Tony, knock it off. We don't do that around here, son. Yeah, yep, it's Coach Reid. You want to know the real funny part about it all is his response to it. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. I got whole, him. My bad. He knows. That's, that's him acknowledging. Now that's funny right there. That's, that's the him stuff. acknowledging that is, like, y'all. That is a grade A level Troy. Hello. Right I mean, come on. He's the champ, guys. Like, you t- you I do, I do love Kadarius Tony and think he's going to be like the I best, Kedarius the best Tony. way for him to really handle this though. And is like, I just, I want those bitter giant fans to turn on the TV and every, every week, Sunday. even yeah. even when they're watching Sports their you know their yeah. Giants, I want them to get cut the cutaway to you know yeah. Red Zone Giants or the highlights. Let's, say, Tom, let's be Darius honest, most of them are watching Red Zone if they're watching the Giants, so they're gonna see. Yeah. They're gonna see. I just I just want it to be highlight after highlight after highlight of Kadarius Tony, and that's that's the best I, revenge I, we I can agree. get. So so yeah. you know there's he, there's the there's the, the the playbook for it. And, yeah. I, and, and, and I think that's the message that they'll yeah. that they'll say internally to him is, hey, you know, go show him. 
you know, well, really making make them. I this also year. think things that he said in July in somebody's Instagram or Twitter DMs has um exactly yeah. negative five thousand percent effect on what he's with. gonna do on the football field come this I think fall. He can still cut yeah. on a dime. So if we're doing a worry meter about where if Kadarius is responding to things on that, I think it broke the scale going back to the left because it just doesn't matter. Well, let's not let's down. not downplay the importance that Katarius had in the down the stretch in the season. Even in the Super Bowl, that punt re- return at the in the second half was huge. He like, helped that's, secure and finalize the Super Bowl. Yeah, he yeah. scored a touchdown on a route on the first time that they ran the route where the guy completely disappeared off a screen because I think he folded his left knee on top of itself when he was trying to cut. <laughs> it looked Just, like it hurt. Yeah, listen, um, he, it was so sharp. And then he, he did the punt, ran the punt return to where Sky Sky Moore gets. An easy tap into like I mean corn dogs can't have two of them can't just have one except we did <laughs> yeah yeah, can't yeah just like, have one. I I just it the level of yeah, how got, much he's... this stuff doesn't matter is so yeah. insane exactly which he's is why we're gonna be done talking about it and move on to our final yeah. final topic point. here the best part of the night training camp is on the horizon we are how many days away from training camp five it's like the eighteenth isn't it yeah. We are a week out, at least less than a week out. Uh, yeah. So that's really great. That's great news. Uh, St. Joe will be uh, will pop will be popping up there. No, for, uh, no, it won't. Even with training camp, it will not be popping. No, been, it won't be if popping. you've not if you've not been to St. Joe, popping is not, not been, a word that is in their vocabulary. I'm that sure is it's not. Great, I'm sure it's a great little town, but I don't know. Yeah. I spent way too many weekends in St. Joe, y'all. I, <laughs> I love y'all. It's a nice town. Popping is not in the vocabulary. Popping. They might be popping, but. Yeah, training camp. Obviously, <laughs> no comment. Have... No comment. Yeah, we might be something. Am I right? Um, Jesus. <laughs> this is, this camp, is the part of the show where we're trying to get canceled. Training yeah. camp is on the horizon, guys. We can't be talking about it. We can't be dwelling on the past. All right. So, with St. Joe coming up, um, obviously, I'm uh, Tom and myself are going to try to at least get up there a little bit. Um, it's a little harder yep. for mm-hmm. Garrett because you know yeah, it's we'll farther. The flights for the for the games. Yeah. Um. But we're going to try and be around. With that said, besides the part where we're looking forward to being at training camp and hopefully meeting, running into some of you folks, what is the part you guys are looking forward to most for tra- to start training camp? Act- uh, at actual training camp. Yeah, I'm not talking yeah. about all the contract stuff we just talked about and all that noise. I'm talking actual about actual at training camp. What are you looking at? at What's the most football. thing you're looking forward to most for training camp right now? At least the first part of training camp. At least football. Yeah, Tom. What yeah, yeah what just football. Just getting in the the rhythm of things. Yeah. Um, always good to start. You know, talking about the rookies and seeing how everybody's looking. Um, yep. You know, because yep. that's that's yeah. huge. I, I've been, you know, on our little hiatus, we didn't really get to talk too much about this. This draft class is. Fascinating to me. Very um, fascinating. Not, it's very not a lot unique. of guys that I was uh, that I was um, necessarily like, oh, really excited about like pre-draft, um, with the exception of, of Rishi Rice. Yeah. Um, but man, in terms of the positional, like the positions and the values, pretty excited about those. So it's been an interesting um, draft class to go back and look through. I think once once because you know once everybody they get drafted and everybody's like, oh yeah, it's a great. When you actually yeah. get to go back and look through and peel through and look down and try to find why they took them. Because I think for Tom, and I, I might be speaking for Tom, but I know for me on the draft process, when I'm evaluating guys and looking at guys for this team, I don't necessarily care who they drafted. I want to understand why they drafted the guy. And I, that part's will, been interesting for this class. I'm sure we'll get into this as we get to see them you know, live and stuff, but I will, yeah. I will go on record and say this. Um, Chamari Connor is the dude this year that I just, you know, um, I feel like spicy already. I like, I, I I think he's going to be the guy who's rotating in and make some big splash plays. I think he's going to be the guy who long-term the chiefs are going to look at Justin Reed and go, you know, bud, we got somebody. So, um, they just did it with Juan. Yeah. Um, I, Brett's showing I, you he's not afraid to walk away from guys. Mm-hmm. I am excited about that pick because he is, and he's one of those. He's in that same mold of Legarius Sneed. Not it's not comparable, but like in terms of yeah. like experience, inside, outside, all over. Like you, in basketball, round, they talk about like, round guy, small school. Positionless what is small players. School? 
Virginia yeah, Tech, the wasn't Chiefs he? are uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Virginia Tech. Tech. So yeah. Maybe Virginia. Small school. ACC. ACC. Yeah. yeah. But the, the Chiefs are like experimenting. Not a traditional football powerhouse. We'll call it that. How's yeah. that? Not since Mike Vick. But um, the the Chiefs almost are experimenting with this idea of like a positionless like secondary, right? Where, uh-huh. you know, Trent McDuffie inside, outside. Um, you know, Legarius Sneed can play literally all five positions yeah, for you. Put Brian Cook um, in the box outside. Brian Cook can yeah. can line up in a, in a variety of places. Um, he has athleticism for everything. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's interesting that especially Your for other some corner of the that players. you didn't even mention the the only guy that really doesn't move around a lot that they used the crap out of last year, Mr. Watson. Yeah, I mean, John Watson. Yeah, you got Josh yeah. Williams. Williams played inside outside. The only guy on that defense right now that they haven't used inside and outside and moved around mm-hmm. is Watson. He's the only one. So it's interesting. People forget uh, Spagnolo, even though he's known for like the blitzing and all that stuff. He his origins, his background is you know he he came into the league as a defensive backs coach. Um, that's his bread and butter, and you see that with this team and, and some of the fingerprints that he's putting on it. Yeah. Um, and their defensive and the line looks like a bunch yeah. of seven dudes that look exactly the same from a physical perspective, defensive and you have line. no idea where he's going to line yeah, them up. Good luck, yeah. Anyone in and out. I mean, that's that's where really you see the position list. I think that's kind of that, becoming a trend around all the NFL. But like, yeah, the, the defensive line is really becoming a position. I mean, you see Chris Jones line of outside and dominating well, defensive and, and Charles Omenihu. Charles Omenihu. Yeah, I'm excited about the defense. Y'all have listened to me yell and scream and and talk about the Amoeba defense, Amoeba front defense, NASCAR packages. I've said it a thousand times on this podcast. That's what he's known for. That's what they built in New York when they knocked Mr. Perfect Brady season out. That this is what he does. He he's been the guy talking about making the defenses positionless and built like this. And then the league went ahead. And then the league went ahead and built offenses exactly for that. Like boom, perfect. Here we go. That's what yeah, they I'm built. Prepared for this. Now yeah. he's got. Now you've got linebackers that look like safeties, and safeties that look like linebackers, and corners that look like I mean, we safeties. Got, we got Drew Tranquil, and who's you know underrated uh, coverage guy. We didn't even talk about the additions to the deep, the veteran additions. Yeah. They got another guy yeah. on the back end at the safety position that we haven't said two words about that's going to play snaps for this team a lot this year in the, on that safety. So, and who yeah. would that be, Kyle? Yeah, we'll get into Mike it later. Edwards. It's Mike Edwards, but oh, yeah. we're running out of time. I forgot about Mike. The other thing I'll yeah. say, so cuz we're focused on training camp. Yes. yes. Um, and like I said, the offensive line configuration. Yeah, we're that's gonna what, see I think really that, who's going to be That where. might be one of my most – that might be what I'm looking forward to. I always love looking, watching offensive line in training camp. Obviously, a couple years ago, we had Trey and Creed both emerge as really good dudes. And you well, know, I mean, what arrangement? Gonna, you mean which tackle – which of where the two tackles well, yeah, that's are starting? We were talking mm-hmm. about how, you know, this draft class, like we might have our left tackle of the future in the third round here in Wanye Morris. Who, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, on how or, Donovan Smith works out. At left tackle, you may have Wanye next year, but he ain't gonna play this year, not unless he has to. Uh, I mean, we but uh, hold on though, because we said the same stuff about about like Trey and exactly. unless like, he comes in and at, no, uh, we happen, talked man. we talked a lot Injuries about happen, Trey being able especially to, with Donovan know. Smith whoa, 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 being whoa, whoa, whoa. like thirty six or whatever. Hold he on, is. Donovan Smith is not thirty six. Thirty four. He's go. old. He's not as old as we thought he was because we did this before. We thought he was way 32. older than he was. 32. I think he's 30. He's, he's 30. Okay. I may have overestimated a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I think he's the same. I think he's like, he's like within a Still. year of Orlando Brown Jr. I mean, so. how old was, uh, how old was, what's his name? Kyle Long when, you know. Like 34? So maybe... Yeah. Remember when that was okay. a thing? Yeah. Kyle my my yeah. point with Trey Smith That's is thing, yeah. Larry was coming back from after not playing a year and was the, basically the only staple. And Andrew Wiley. And we had a pretty good idea that Andrew Wiley was going to be the backup from the beginning once Trey was deemed healthy. That wasn't really yeah. a question. The question here is we know that they're going to play one of the dude they paid a ton of money to at right tackle for the most part. Yeah. Jo- uh, Josh. Josh. Jawan Josh. Taylor. Jawan Taylor. I don't <laughs> want to call him Jawan. Josh Taylor, but Jawan Taylor. Yeah. Donovan Smith is, is here to play this year. He's here to bridge a gap. Maybe. Now, if Wanye Maybe. beats him out clean, that's the thing, though. What if great. he does? 
Okay, what if he does? But that's not an arrangement thing. You're look. You basically you have one position battle you're watching. Okay, that's great. And I'm excited about. Uh, it. I, cool. I disagree though, because I, I think I think. What else that, are you well, moving? We'll see. I think you could see Jawan Taylor get some snaps on the left side. Why? Because he may why be better at it than than. Uh, yeah. Why though? Maybe. But where Donovan is at, the upgrade clear. to his slight improvement over the over Donovan or Wanye worth putting somebody who's not used to playing right tackle and degrading the right tackle play that you're going to get by such an amount, than leaving him okay. at right and being okay is, with having is... the left tackle. Anyway. Okay. So you have three tackles, right? One of them is going to be your swing tackle. One of them is going to be your left tackle. One of them is going to be your right tackle. The thing that here's my point, and, and and at the end of the day, as long as I get the best five guys in the best five spots, I'm fine. I think that there's a realistic, there's a world. I'm not saying it's likely where you have Taylor as your left tackle, and maybe Morris gets put in at your right tackle. There's also Lucas Niang on this roster, who again, if he's healthy. You know the coaching staff like him, and, and they know him, and, and they know what you get there. I mean, there's, there's, and you are in a position where you have, yeah, where you have, you have five guys fighting for one out. spot because Jawan Taylor is playing. Yeah, I mean, essentially, this is where he's going to play. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's something to watch. I just like watching the one on ones. Honestly, those are those are usually great times. Sure. I yeah, think. But- Lots, so, a lot of for me the training camp look forward is the adjustment to the roster construction with Andy's change on the fullback. What do they do? Because that is interesting. We've been doing the same. Andy's been doing pretty much the same thing from a roster building standpoint for like twenty something years now. As far as what they keep on the roster at certain position groups, Wait, it varies. It varies very mo- very marginally from one guy here extra in a position this year versus one extra guy here the next year. For example, we saw him keep more corners than safeties, I think, last year than the year before where they had more safeties than corners, and then vice versa. And Or, you know, they keep an extra wide receiver versus, like, last year they only brought five to the, yeah, ro- five for, to, to the main roster, ends. and they yeah. had an extra tight end, and they had a fullback still. So there was all that. Now... With him removing the fullback from the equation because they that's what the NFL has done. They're traditionally, they're, there's no more traditional fullback anymore. And um, no, I don't think Blake Bell's that guy. I think your fullback halfback guy is Noah Gray, actually. Um, because Blake's an inline blocking mm-hmm. tight end and a quarterback, not necessarily a fullback guy. I, I, mm-hmm. I am a ridiculously familiar with Blake's game uh, <laughs> due to his proximity to where... Uh, where we grew up and where he played football growing up, all that, and his time in Oklahoma. So, yeah. But I would, like I said, yeah. I, he might get a couple of snaps at fullback, but I would expect that to be a Noah Gray spot for the most part. Yeah, that is going to be a very Because they can do a bunch of unique, crazy crap with Noah out of that position mm-hmm. and get some hilariously bad matchups on defensive players because of it. That's, because yeah. Also fair. If that you is, line Noah Gray fun. up as a fullback and then ask some middle linebacker to cover that dude out of the backfield yeah, on a have route, him run, have an Anthony good route with luck. Him. Send him on a Sherman wheel route, you know, just left side. Yeah, yeah, good luck, guy. Yeah, but, have uh, fun with that linebacker. Yeah, Noah Gray did play fullback, I think, at Duke a little bit as well. They so. used him all over the H back, yeah, fullback, wing back, all that Duke crap. Duke was definitely an offense that <laughs> didn't really know what sure. to do with their tight end, so they did everything with him. Well, he was. Um, kind of just stopped up, didn't know what to do. But, didn't know what to yeah. do. He caused them problems because he was so multifaceted. They had to figure out how to put him in multiple positions in the field. Like Like I said, you play quarterback too? Their roster construction is the thing. I I think it'll be interesting to see how many they keep at wide receiver and how many they keep at running back because we basically know they're keeping four tight ends. Like that, that's pretty much a wrap. So yeah. what's where did the extra where's that extra roster spot go? Does it go to a sixth wide receiver like we all are automatically assuming? Mm-hmm. I think probably, yeah. but I'll be yeah. curious. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, to be discovered. Obviously, we are five days away from camp. We're gonna have a lot more to talk about, uh, but we'll end off this episode here. Uh, hopefully, sneaking in under the hour mark. Be sure to follow us all, of course, at Kingdom Says Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, We're slacking. Is that two episodes under an hour? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think we might, yeah. we might nail it. But 
thank you all of course for tuning in also be sure to check us out on youtube the kingdom says podcast if you are not watching why aren't you you know you might as well start watching that's a great way to support us uh discord coming soon be on the lookout for that we're gonna have uh some more you know content coming we might have a a twitter spaces going if chris jones signs two hours after the episode releases tomorrow (laughs) which is very more than likely so there's that but other than that, have a great weekend. We will see you guys next week uh, once camp has started yes. uh, with a whole lot more to talk about. So thank you all once again for watching and listening, and we will see you guys in the next one.